You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Those who obtain mercy are disposed in their heart. They are willing to be persuaded. They are in that state of that's that's the way they their state of mind. They are open. And it's a function of the mercy of God inside their heart. You see a stubborn person, an obstinate person, but trying to use force of will, trying to dominate, you don't get the results that way. All right? It's a willingness to listen, which means when the pressure is on, there's a willingness to listen. And you hear what God wants you, but that willingness is a product of the mercy of God. So it's not going to be him that runneth or willeth, but the person who listens during that time and actually obeys God. And it's the mercy of God that produces that. Now, look at what he says next. He says, verse 20, Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? And he says this, replies against God, shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou formed it thus? And then he says in verse 22, what if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and that he might make known his riches of glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared for to glory. In other words, when you had in your heart, you lead to destruction when you obtain mercy, the riches of his glory, he says, on the vessels of mercy. So the people who show that willingness to listen at that particular point in time, the riches. So when he says, God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory, it means you find yourself in a situation there where it's a time of need. That's why he says grace to help, the riches of God's glory to help in a time of need after you have obtained mercy. Once you come up and you obtain mercy and you hear what he wants you to do and you do it, all right, then what happens is grace is now released into the life of that person. The riches of glory is revealed into the life of that person and that happens. So the order is I receive the word, we go again on it. I don't consider negative. I put my mind on it. I hold fast my confession. I rejoice in it. The pressure comes. Hold fast your confidence and rejoicing of hope. And it says, harden not your heart as in a day of provocation. So the pressure, the temptation now begins to come in. And at that point, you go straight. Instead of observing lying vanities, you go to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. And that mercy means there is a willingness inside. All right. Morning by morning, you obtain mercy, opens your ears. A willingness right to listen and then you hear what god is saying to you and you simply obey what he's saying and then the results come so you can see that when he says that god is not slack concerning his promise but as some men count slackness he's not willing that any should perish that's through hardness but they should come to repentance is what he's talking about so he can bestow the riches of his glory upon so those who are skillful in the world of righteousness and in the world of faith are listeners. They are very meek and humble people. They understand with every temptation is provided the way of escape. He's going to say something to you. 
and you're going to make an unusual act of obedience. I keep telling the story of Bishop Keith Butler, most powerful I've ever heard in this line. Believing God for finances, the assistant pastor leaves, pressure is on, all right? You can get hardened towards that individual and get and become hateful and destruction and you miss it. That is where the window to receive. If you're going through something now, that is the cloud. He that observes the wind won't sow. He that regards the cloud will not reap. The window, he says, puts in the sickle. In other words, there's an act of obedience he wants you to do. There's a way in which you respond, all right, to people and to the environment that he will show you and teach you. And if you do that, then the riches of his glory will then become, all right, bestowed totally upon you. So finally, in this, let's just look at examples, all right, of people that acted this way. And we'll find it throughout the entire scripture that people that obtained this riches of his glory manifested, all right, his, his the power, grace came out of them. When they got to that point, they obeyed. So the whole essence of this faith then is to come to a place of obedience. And once you get into that place of obedience, the riches after that, your voice carries power, right? Even when you say casually that I will have it by next week, power is released. God honors that person. As the Bible says, God showed Jesus to be approved by him with signs and wonders. In other words, a person who is obedient, God will show signs. Even common things, power will get released in those particular areas. So when Abraham was tried, Abraham listened. When the temptation came, he listened and said, what is it, God? And went there and obtained mercy. So we look at examples. Let's look at someone like David. All right. David was tried and David was tested. Now, how did David respond? How did David behave when the test and the trial came? First Samuel, we'll see that people of faith who have received these promises always act in very different ways from people who have not all right, have not obtained mercy. Some will respond in hardness, they'll be rebellious, they'll be obstinate, they'll be angry, unwilling to be persuaded in any other way. Those who have obtained mercy, all right, listen, and they act in a certain way towards it. And that is where the defining thing is. First Samuel chapter 18, as we bring First um, Samuel 18. Verse 8, and Saul knew the Lord was with David, and Michael, Michael's, Saul's daughter loved him. And Saul was yet more the afraid of David, and Saul became David's enemy continually. Now, the scripture says so, Saul began to come against David. So that was the temptation the test for the anointing that was within. If David had hardened his heart in that situation, 
if David had been obstinate and unwilling to be persuaded and said, look, trying to justify himself and said, look, I did this. I killed Goliath. The whole of the nation of Israel would have been in bondage if not for me. And he was doing all of that and putting it out there. That would have been the end. But the scripture tells us, then the princes of the Philistines went forth and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul so that his name was much set by. Can you see that the Bible says Abraham was justified by works? David here too was justified. The reason why David became king eventually was that the people came to meet him. You know, Pastor Deboe told me something. I've said this before. He said, look, in order for you to succeed in ministry, God must call you into that office, but people must also accept that you are in that office or else they will not respond to you. It's not just based on the calling of God, but it also has to do with the ordination of man, so to speak. So God anointed David, but men also had to anoint, as it were, David for him to be king. Or else you be king only over your own empty space. And when they were going to anoint David to be king, they said that even in the days of Saul, it was David that was going in and coming out. They acknowledged something David did. This did not happen when he went into the cave of Adlam with the other folks. They were talking about something that happened, which is what he's talking about here. In other words, what made David be easily enter into that office that God ordained him to enter was the way he behaved when Saul was, because the scripture says that his name was much set by. Now, if you respond wrongly and you are abusive and shouting inside that office, then it's now time for you confessing. One day I'll be CEO, one day I'll be CEO, and you misbehave and all of that. Then there's no platform for it. This is where it comes from. You see what we're saying? This is where we're missing it in the church. Now, so it's just like somebody comes in and does business wrongly and is confessing he's going to, he's going to uh, be a great business and all that. And then he delivers late. He does all kinds of things. And God tells him, listen to me. As an act of obedience and people are talking, says, what do I do? He says, return, all right, all the profit you made to the people and apologize and say, listen, because I was late and all of this. I said, can I do that? Now, that is the seed that he may sow at that particular point in time that in seven years down the line, a multi-billion contract was given to that person that came out of that act that somebody said, I can vouch for him or her. So it says, David behaved himself more wisely. All right. You could even say after this, he had the opportunity to kill Saul. But he obeyed and listened to the voice. He wasn't obstinate. He wasn't rebellious. He listened. Mercy was in his heart. And he did that. Do you see how important mercy is? I mean, if you don't have it in your life, then you will, you run, and then you sabotage everything. Now, let's look at the next person here. Genesis here. We'll look at 13. Look at somebody like um, Abraham. And verse 8, it tells us, And Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife. Now, this strife came in. I want to see how these people responded when the pressure 
It, it was more than a confession. It was an act of obedience. It was, it was behaving in the way God asks you to behave when the pressure is on. When you are tempted, he says, come up to the throne of grace. So he talks about it in 2 Corinthians. There, yeah, that's what he was saying. He said, God who commanded the lights to shine out of darkness are shining in our hearts. We have this treasure. Then we are pressed on every side. Now we now respond to that in a certain way. And that's why we have the spirit of faith. You read the whole of 2 Corinthians 4 there. So it starts with the revelation and not just revelation, confession. Okay, you're confessing, but then the pressure comes. You respond in a certain way and the nature of your confession changes from just the internalization of truth to prophetic power that is being released for the fulfillment of it. So we see here that strife came in and look at how he responded. Isn't this are not usual or normal ways to respond? He says, this is mercy in that work there. And this is what brought grace there. And Abraham said, let, I pray thee between me, let there be no strife between me and thee and between my headsmen and thy headsmen. For we be brethren. Is not the whole land said before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee from me. If thou would take the left, I will go right. If thou would choose the right, then I will go left. In other words, he preferred him. This was his nephew. He says, take whichever land you want, then I will do what? Listen, God said, tell him to take anything. All right? That's unusual. All right? He says this. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed. So he looked at it, and it was well watered, and said, I want the best. And Abraham said, you can have the best. All right. That act there was the seed he sowed that got him the land. That's how he obtained that land. It was this that justified, that made it legally right on the earth for God to physically give him possession of the land. God promised, but what gave him the legal right to enter into the activities of man and grant that thing to him physically was because of this. All right, what God anointed David, but what gave him the legal right to make him king was what he did. Okay, life is deep. Genesis 31 here, let's look at this, or, or people, it's throughout, they did unusual. Verse 41, look at what uh, Isaac, sorry, Jacob said, uh, 31, 41. Um, it says, uh, <laughs> Uh, when Jacob was coming out, he says, Thus have I been 20 years in thy house, he told Laban. He worked for the man 20 years. Uh, that all that thing, he, sh he listened to God. He says, I served thee 14 years. I mean, the first time he did seven years to marry his daughter, he swapped the woman on him, and he didn't get rebellious, obstinate. He listened to what God was saying, and he said, Look, serve him another 47 years. He did 14 years. And then he said, he continued to serve for another six years to make 20 years. And he says, you changed my wages 10 times. And every time he changed his wages, he listened to God. God said, stay. That's unusual. I'm saying this is where the distinction is. You can't be confessing promotion, promotion. God is going to test it. And the test will be severe. And you have got to respond correctly to that test. Then again, we see Isaac here in Genesis 26, 19, here. And Isaac's servants digged, all right, in the valley and found their well springing with water, which were his father's wells. Okay, and the herdmen of Jerah 
did strive with Isaac Hedman, saying, The water is ours, and called the name of the well Essek because they strove with him. And then he dug another one, they strove also, he called it Sina. And then he removed and listened when there was so much strife. He said, What shall I do? God says, Move away from that place of strife and move into a territory where there will be no strife. The act of obedience, it's always there. When the pressure comes, as they say, you take the high road, the road that God shows, says, look, this is what I want you to do. For Job, he lost everything. No human being we know has lost what Job lost. Yet in the midst of terrible loss, nobody under the sound of my voice has come close to what Job lost. Job listened and still had that. And God says, pray for your friends who are criticizing you and speaking behind your back. And that's where everything came. All right. So you see here, he moved and dug another well and that they strove not. And he called the name of the place Rehoboth. For the Lord has now made room for us and they became fruitful. And then finally, no better example than Jesus himself who haven't done all of that. And you don't blow up your, your work because um, people literally, I mean, God forbid, but blew up the rewards of their labor as far as divinity is concerned by their attitude. You put in work in a place, they treat you wrongly. Don't get angry and mad, understand that this is going to be, as he told them, so shall thy seed be, which means this is the seed you are going to sow in order for what I have promised to come. And it's only by the mercy of God can you act right and not get hardened in your heart when those kinds of issues arise within your life. So Isaiah 53, they took Jesus literally to the cross, having invested all in these people, raised their dead, healed their sick, cast in all of that. The Bible tells us that he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Completely misunderstood, he did not justify himself. A minister once, Dr. Creflo, told me, said he was being criticized and accused of many things in America and the press. And he told his staff to gather all the good works they had done in their ministry to help people, because they said it's all prosperity and all of that, to show to the public what they have done with money to help others. And they had the document and they were about to push it out there into space and through channels there of communication into media so people know to change opinion about them and God told him whoever fights for himself reduces themselves to a life of mediocrity I'd handle it you leave it with me and he pulled back so he opened nothing his mouth he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the sharers is dumb the Bible says he openeth not his mouth he was taken from prison to judgment. He didn't say anything. He took it. And final scripture, first 
Peter chapter 2, from 21. For even hereunto we are called, because Christ had suffered for us, leaving us an example we shall follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was any guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reveled, reveled not. When he suffered, he threatened. Some people, they go through things, start threatening everybody who is in the environment. Acts of disobedience. And then you go back and say, well, I'm confessing for promotion. He says this, but committed himself unto God that judgeth righteously. So I close with just reading something I put out there on social media. And I wrote this while I was meditating on this message. And it is, and I said this here on Friday. Nothing brings real success fueled by grace more than a person's willingness to listen. Listen to what the Spirit is telling you when the pressure is turned up. God is speaking, trying to get a message across to you during that time. His windows are open and you will find rest if you hear and obey. The heavens are open over the individual with a listening heart. See the patriarchs doing the unusual when the pressure was on them. When Abraham was tried, he offered up Isaac. Who does that? Isaac gave up his father's wells to strangers. David refused to touch Saul. All these men acted contrary to the dictates of the selfish human nature, which is self-centered and vengeful. Abraham gave up the choicest land to his nephew against his self-interest as instructed by God. Job prayed for his friends who criticized him. And the list is endless. So here is where we have obedience to faith. In other words, steps are we receive the promise, he illuminates scripture, we call it into existence as though it were, we keep our eyes on the evidence that's the word of God constantly, we refuse to allow our minds to be consumed with that which contradicts it, we're praising and we're thanking God for the fulfillment of that rejoicing. And then when the pressure comes, harden not your heart, but instead of doing that, go up to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. And you will hear the voice of God. He will nudge you. He will show you what he wants you to do. Something will appear within your environment. There will be a nudging inside your heart. And listen to that. Obey that. And you will enter into rest concerning the fulfillment of that particular thing. We have seen throughout scriptures and the experience of people that those who are not even as hyperventilated, actively confessing and confessing, who obey God when he nudges them to do things and say this is Christian character, who may not even know about the faith message, but Christian character. They just know it's the virtuous thing, or this is an act of love, or this is what Christianity means, and act to people in that high regard. We have found out that without them even having to do all these things, the massive blessings of God come into their lives. And those who are confessing and pacing the floor and pacing the floor and saying key one and key two and key three and key four, but when you interact with them, 
you find stubbornness, you find they are obstinate, they are not willing. The Bible says the uh, Bible says that um, um, easily entreated, which means the wisdom. You, they, their hearts are open. They are not that way. They try to force away, try to dominate. You put a group together, they must be in charge of everything. Those people, all right, who into self-promotion and all of that, will find they struggle, all right, and struggle for the fulfillment of those things that they have said. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you as we bring this series to a close that every single thing that we have taught concerning it by your spirit the understanding that you have communicated brings forth massive fruits in our lives and we demonstrate your grace in a supernatural way in jesus name amen this podcast is brought to you by the covenant nation for more information visit www.insightsforliving.org thank you and god bless